Well, hello everybody. It's really great to be able to speak to you, if only through video. Uh, we're, of course, longing for the day when we're all back together again. Uh, but if we've not met, my name's JP. I'm one of the leaders at Grace Church, and I want to give you a really warm welcome uh, wherever you're watching this message. Uh, maybe you're watching it live, sitting on your sofa right now, uh, or maybe watching it on catch-up whilst you make the dinner or, or something like that. Um, a particular welcome to you if um, this is the first time that you've accessed something like this, a, a church online service, or maybe you're just new into this kind of experience. Um, we would really love to get to know you, actually. And so um, if you're watching this live, there will be a link in the chat to a Zoom call after this meeting. Um, or alternatively, you can head to our website, gracechurchnottingham.org. We're actually in the, the midst of a, a series called In These Days, where we're looking at discipleship from a distance. That is how we can grow in our relationship with God um, during uh, this crisis. And we started to move into looking at um, a portion of the Bible uh, known as the Psalms, um, and that might be a section of scripture that you uh, do or, do, or don't know uh, much about. Um, uh, if you'd like a little bit of help with that, um, then Josh Donagani, who's part of our preaching team, uh, has recently filmed an introduction to the psalm, um, just uh, 20 minutes or so, and uh, you can access that on our YouTube channel. That'll just kind of introduce them uh, a little bit to you. Um, but the, essentially, the, the Psalms are, are songs and poems that um, many people are, are finding really helpful right now because they really express the, the cries of our hearts. Um, they help us to uh, rejoice, but they also help us to engage with God uh, when times are hard. They, they ask the deep questions. They speak to us and they speak for us. And today we're going to be looking at Psalm 8. So if you do have a Bible, then do turn there. But if not, the words will come up on the screen. And I perhaps should just warn before I start reading that Psalm 8 is very joyful. And I, I recognise that uh, many of us uh, through this crisis are uh, not feeling particularly upbeat right now. Um, but that's really interesting, actually, because um, that is exactly the context uh, that Psalm, Psalm 8 is found in the book of Psalms. It's, it's a psalm of praise that is located amidst a whole load of psalms of, um, of pain, of, of, of lament. It's like a, a rose between thorns, if you like. And the organisation of the Psalms in the book is, is deliberate. So there's a, there's a principle there. Now, if we praise God or, or, or even just our everyday upbeat moments without recognising uh, the, the kind of painful realities of, of life um, alongside that, then uh, we would say that might be um, incomplete or unrealistic, maybe just uh, stuck in the clouds a little bit. But so also... The Psalms help us to remember that when our thoughts simply remain at this is really hard, if that's all we say, we also miss something. It's also incomplete. We miss the biblically promised joy that goes beyond our circumstances. So that's where Psalm 8 is located. Let's have a little look at it. Here it is and I'm reading from the ESV. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you've established strength because of your foes. 
to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In our hallway um, at home, uh, where this is uh, being filmed, um, you'll find uh, four shoe boxes, one for um, each member of our household. And if you were to open one of them, um, as well as the tat that's in there, um, you would no doubt be able to guess um, whose shoes uh, are, are in the box. The, the shoes, if you like, testify to uh, the wearer. For me, you'll uh, firstly find a, a pair of running shoes. That's what I've been uh, trying to do a little bit more of um, uh, during the lockdown. Uh, for my wife, um, well, I suppose I, I have to be careful. No man should uh, dare to comment on his uh, wife's shoe collection. So instead, we'll go for slippers, uh, slightly tatty slippers. Uh, my wife loves being comfortable in that, and nice and warm in the house. Um, for my daughter, Lizzie, uh, you'll probably find, um, firstly, a, a pair of very muddy Wellingtons uh, that she will jump in any puddle that's going. And for my son, Zachary, who's only one, um, although he's just taken his first steps just this week, um, the shoe shops are shut and so we can't get him any shoes. So there we go. You know, this psalm, it starts and ends with a statement. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And it's saying that creation, that is the world around us, speaks of his greatness. That God has, if you like, vast shoes that are so incredibly beautiful that you are left amazed by the wearer. Now, you might be, um, you could be forgiven for, for saying to me at a time like this. So, JP, how can you affirm that statement? How majestic is your name in all the earth? when coronavirus crisis is going on. You know, the, we're in lockdown, like people are dying, the economy's suffering, like just look around you. And yet the answer to that question, as Psalm 8 would put it, is also just look around you, just look around you. Because it, it begins in verse one by, by talking about how God has set his glory above the heavens. Glory is a bit of a, a funny word, isn't it? We often use it without knowing what it, um, what, truly what it means. But it's, it's something of the, the majesty and brilliance which radiate from God. The, the beauty and splendour that reflect his being, if you like. And what it's saying here is that in, in all we see over, the, uh, over and on this immense expanse that we call planet Earth, we see a witness, an echo of the greatness of our God. This is what it says. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him? Now, I love a good creation stat. I wonder if you do too. 
So how, how about this then? Um, our sun is it, it's so large that the energy that is produced at its core takes 50 million years to get to the surface. It's estimated that you could fit 1.3 million planet Earths within the sun, such as its size. And that the sun emits more energy every single second than humans have produced in their entirety to date. There's uh, estimated to be somewhere between one and 400 billion stars in our galaxy, each one over 100,000 years at least in travel time away. And somewhere between 70 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. I'm, I'm told that's somewhere between 10 sextillion and 1 septillion, uh, but I only finished maths at A-level, so I didn't learn to count that far. I've no idea what those numbers mean. But I am told that that is more stars than all the grains of sand on the Earth, each grain of which is unique, by the way. I know stats like that, they, they then just dwarf the moon, which is a, a mere 230,000 miles away. It sounds like a short bus ride by comparison. When I consider the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place. Wow. And guess what? Our God is still sustaining the entire cosmos by the word of his power. Even now, even amidst coronavirus. It's interesting that the, the psalmist talks about when I consider the works of your fingers, not, not just if. It almost as though there's, there's something to be gained in, in the regular practice of connecting with God in and through his, his creation. And you may or may not um, feel good at this, but, but how about this as a, as a mindset? When you soak up the rays of a bright blazing sun, Maybe you have to think more last week than this week. It's chucking it down with rain this week. You see something of the radiance of God in that experience. Something so brilliant, so intense, so powerful that you can literally be burnt or blinded or parched. And yet the Bible says that God is brighter than the sun. When you feel the need to enter the safety of the shade, and uh, for some of you that's uh, quicker, sooner than others, it, it reflects our need to be covered, doesn't it? Because we've, when we encounter something that is greater and purer than us, the sun, or in the Bible's case, the holiness of God. And then when we do go into the shade, we can then enjoy and appreciate the purity and brilliance of the sun, or in this case, the holiness of God, in the shelter and shadow of our great refuge, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're caught in a, a fierce wind or torrential rain, it's a, a reminder of God's overwhelming power that can shake and reshape and deluge us. And yet the promise of scripture is now that that power flows in and through us as living water by his presence in our life. When I ride on or over the sea, I am struck that it is sustained by one so much greater than I, whose love roars, whose mercies are deep, whose grace covers and whose waves of kindness wash over my life 
day after day after day, reshaping the landscape of all that I see in my life. And yet with one word, he can still any storm. Perhaps it's the enormity of the great outdoors. It gives us that healthy reminder, doesn't it? That he is vast, that he is infinite, that he is omnipresent, and that we simply are just not the centre of the universe. It puts us in our place, doesn't it? You know, sometimes I, I, I look upon a, a green valley or a, an enormous rock, and um, sometimes a thought goes through my mind, you know, if, if I fell off there, I would be utterly powerless. It helps me to remember that it's his grace that sustains my life, that it's he who is over all things, and that it's him who has rescued me from the pit of death through his son. You know, I once heard a, a pastor comment that uh, when people come to talk to him, most of the issues uh, people come to talk to him about come down to one of four things. That is a, a lack of connection with God, a lack of connection with themselves, a lack of connection with other people, or a lack of connection with creation. I know I, I have noticed during this lockdown that the times when I'm at my worst, when I feel most cooped up, times when maybe my mental health is just starting to wane slightly, are times when I've not gone out of the house, not got out yet. There's often been a reason for that, you know, busyness or the weather or uh, the kids are causing carnage. But there's something God ordains about being out in creation. Now, let's be utterly clear about this. We absolutely must obey the government guidelines on exercise and being out and about. I do keep track of what they're saying as those change in the months ahead. But for the sake of thriving during this lockdown, and even more for the sake of worship of our God, let's make sure that we, like the psalmist, do take time to consider the works of his fingers. Maybe that's your daily exercise in a local park. Maybe it's just getting into your garden to nurture and tend it, to work there, eat in it, whatever it is, just watching nature. Maybe it's sitting, perching on a windowsill, staring at the stars. Go out onto your driveway and pray as you look upwards if you have to. But one thing that strikes me when I stop to consider creation is that it looks exactly the same as before lockdown. It reminds me that he's still creation's sustainer. He's still the world's designer. He's still the artist of the skies. The birds are still fluttering around from, around from branch to branch seeking food. And as Jesus reminded us, if the Father feeds them, how much more will he take care of us? I find creation such a, a helpful place to uh, sing to and about my creator. I find it's the best place to be still and know that he is God, as Psalm 46 invites us to do. Because, you know, ultimately, that's what creation is. We, we don't worship creation itself. It's simply a testimony of him and an invitation to us. 
It's a song that sings of his majesty and power. And it's so charged with his excellence that if we do not sing this song, then creation itself will resound to vocalize the greatness of our God. It's no coincidence, is it, that even our rest is is described as recreation, recreation. That in the beginning, there was creation and God said it was good. And at the end, there will be new creation. (laughs) And yet, in spite of our smallness and seeming insignificance compared to the the universe, the psalm says in verse 4 that God is mindful of us, that he cares for us. (laughs) Because Psalm 8, it it demonstrates a, a creational principle. And that is that God chooses to use the weak, the vulnerable, the insignificant in the world. And how many of us feel like that right now? Weak, vulnerable. Verse 2, it describes, it says, Out of the mouths of babies and infants, literally sucklings, you've established strength. The NIV has it as, you've established a stronghold. And he's saying that through creation, through the praises of the weak, we still and silence the one who would stand against God. You know, we are not separate to this echoing of God's radiance in creation, to this song of his beauty. We're part of it. It's our our purpose. And verse five goes on to say that, that God has crowned us with glory, weak as we are, he's crowned us with glory. So if you remember, we described that earlier as the, the beauty and the splendor reflecting God's character, crowning us with glory and honor. And so in our interactions and our activity, we reflect God. We're made in his image. We mirror his likeness. And right now, you, you may feel very cut off. You may feel unable to help. You, you might feel frustrated. Perhaps you're wondering how on earth the teachers do it. Maybe you're wondering if your employer will reinstate you. You could be feeling isolated physically, emotionally, relationally. And yet you are not too weak to be used by God. Because the same verse 2 in this psalm that tells us that God has established strength through the most vulnerable, was quoted in the New Testament by Jesus, who himself became weak and vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, he brought salvation. During this lockdown and the months ahead, God wants to use you. He wants to draw you to himself. He wants to use you to love your neighbours, to take community to a, a world that is so starved of people contact right now. To show your hope in God that shines through adversity. To model Jesus to your kids, to serve the vulnerable, to pray for your leaders, your family, your local area. He uses you not in spite of, but in your weakness. And then as as verse 6 goes on to say, 
God gives us dominion, that is rulership over and within this creation, to, to work it, to nurture it, to uh, cultivate it. And you know, earlier I, I said that um, most problems uh, or issues that we face come down to a lack of connection with God or ourselves or other people or creation. Well, right now, it's just harder to connect with other people, isn't it? Now, video calls are just not the same as being in person. I have a friend who uh, loves hosting people, loves having people around for meals. And he was wrestling with how on earth he can do that during lockdown. And his house is very close to a number of other houses that he knows people well in. And he was just trying to kind of dream up ideas of, could I do a barbecue in the kind of shared space in the middle and then sort of leave it there? And then one house at a time could come out and, uh, and take from it. It's, it's just harder to connect with people right now, isn't it? And yet, if part of our purpose is to reflect God as we interact together, that's why it feels tough right now. Because it's harder to fulfill what we're made to do. And it's also much harder to exercise this, this God-given authority or dominion in the earth, isn't it? It's, it's harder to work right now, whether that's working the earth or working the economy. It's harder to nurture right now. Nurturing kids, nurturing your business. And what this all testifies to is that there was something that went wrong of which coronavirus is part. Something that spoiled this creation and, and, and the human race who'd been given dominion over it. Something that makes life tough. It's what the Bible calls the fall. The fall of mankind into rebellion against God. And it says that this fall even spoils creation itself. The world is broken, if you like. And so there's disasters and death and disease. There's evil, there's enmity and there's egotism. But that's not the final word. Because this psalm, which if you remember, is a psalm of praise located amidst lots of psalms saying things are hard right now. Lots of psalms of pain. This psalm looks forward. Because, you, you know, the, the verses in this psalm, they're, they're about mankind, particularly in the second half, describing the creation of mankind. But they also apply in a much more ultimate way to one man in particular, one who hung the moon and the stars in place and having designed perfection, but then witnessed destruction, he came in redemption, the creator coming to recreate once again. In the series that we were in as, as a church in, in the book of Hebrews, which um, We've just paused temporarily whilst we um, speak into this uh, cultural moment. Uh, Jesus himself is described as uh, being made a little lower than the angels. It's, it's the same verse that um, it is referred to in verse 5 here, though it's just commenting on the Greek translation, whereas here we have the, the Hebrew translation. But it says that, that he is crowned with glory and honour. He witnessed both the, the beauty and the brokenness of this creation before himself being broken 
destroyed, extinguished for the sins of the whole world. Until three days later, he was raised once again to newness of life in resurrection victory, never to die again. Full dominion re-established all things under his feet. And now he rules in perfect authority. He reigns in glorious majesty and he rescues broken humanity. Just have a look to finish what it is that um, Jesus rules over and apply this to your life in verse 7 and 8. It says all sheep and oxen. That's the everyday things. Your shopping, your routines, your finances. It says, and also the beasts of the field. That's the untamable, the things that I can't control. This lockdown, the uncertainty, our job security. It says, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea. Those are the things that we know about but can't easily get to. Our physical health, our mental health. The people that we love dearly but can't visit right now. And lastly, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. Those are the things that we know very little about. The why, the when of this pandemic. You see, right now, as Hebrews chapter 2 recognises, we may not see all of the dominion of Jesus fully shine. So by faith we live knowing that he rules and that he reigns in this transitory time. But one day we will see it, and increasingly so until that day. One day there will be a new creation, no longer broken, still singing its song of greatness. And if we trust in Jesus... We too will be there, testify to the greatness of our God. At the end of the Narnia series, the author C.S. Lewis, in uh, the last book, The Last Battle, he sums up the difference between the old Narnia, which represents this present earth, and the new Narnia, which speaks of the new creation by writing, the reason why we love the old, Nar the old Narnia is that it sometimes looked a little like the new one. So look around you. Receive his strength in your weakness. And then proclaim together with the psalmist. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That's the end of the message. Thanks so much for uh, watching or, or listening in. Um, if you're watching this live and you're part of a home group, we'll now go into our Zoom calls uh, for coffee time together. Um, if you're watching this live and aren't part of a home group, um, we're going to pop in a, a link to a Zoom call where we'd love to say hello, love to chat to you, get to know you a little bit. Um, but it, it, it might be actually that um, th this message has thrown up all sorts of questions for you about life and faith. Uh, who God is and uh, what he's about and um, if that's the case let me recommend to you our Alpha course which is starting very soon. You can head to our website gracechurchnottingham.org, go to forward slash alpha and um, you'll be able to find out more information there. Other than that, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, see you soon.